This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down. This one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Easton ducks under. Got it! Creates and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win. Yankees win. All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. What's happening? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you're listening to episode 350. Wow. 350 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now too, Yankees every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends. Welcome to the show. If you are new here, be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find the podcast on many platforms, BD4 is on all the listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and many more. And you can also watch the podcast on Spotify and you can watch it on YouTube. So do all that. Subscribe to us there. Download these episodes. Share them with your friends on social media. And while you're doing that, give me a follow on social. My Facebook is RJ Carbone. And my Instagram is at Rob J. Carbone. And one uh, one more thing here. If you want to subscribe to the blog that I write, be sure to do that. All you have to do, if you are watching the podcast, there's a link right on the screen. Just do that and be sure to use that code. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com. Search in the search bar on that website, the Bomber Bocker blog, and then you'll find my blog where I write Yankees and Knicks content. And be sure when you search the Bomber Bocker blog and click on the blog that you subscribe using code 6A2841ERJC. This way, if you subscribe using my code, you get a discount per month. You get full access to every single article, and you get a discount on any merch that you purchase. So, with that out of the way, welcome to the show, and let's get into this, because we got some Knicks to talk about in this one. Don't want to go too long in this episode, but I also want to talk enough to cover what we need to cover, because the Knicks' four-game winning streak came to an end on... um, Wednesday night. So as I'm recording, it is Thursday, March 31st. As you're listening, it should be April 1st. That is crazy how it's already the 1st of April. Dude, I'm still living in like 2020 right now. (laughs) It's crazy shit. Gosh, speaking of like 2020, they finally lifted the, uh, the mask mandates at my school. So I can breathe. I'm not like anti-mask or any any one of those freaks, but like I did think it got to me after a while. 
And so it just feels so good walking around campus, not having to be scolded for not wearing one. And, you know, if I was told to wear one, I'd just throw it on and whatever. You know, take it off after that and then throw it on the next person who tells me. But now it's it's like I'm I'm actually allowed to to walk around with that one. And most students don't have one either. So they all, it seems like a thing that a lot of us just wanted to get in the past. But, um, yeah, I was I was on campus today. And um, it's funny. When you've been in, when you've been on campus, when when the security guards and like some of the professors on campus start recognizing you and knowing your name, that's when you know you've been there too long. Okay, I got off to a slow start in school, but I was on campus and I was talking to one of the, my former professors about the Knicks. He's my guy. I've had this. I had him in the past. He's awesome. And we were talking about the Knicks, and I was kind of just bringing up how. Like, he was bringing up to me, actually, how he doesn't get the games. So he has a hard time watching them unless they're on national television. And I was just telling him, you know, my whole situation. Because, you know, as we've discussed here on the show, that's, you know, I was in that same situation. Because I didn't know where to watch it, so I had to find him online. So I was telling him, oh, yeah, just go to, like, msggo.com. And then sign in with one of the platforms that does have MSG. And you'll be able to get it from there. You don't even have to have a plan. And so we were talking about the Knicks. And uh, I don't know where I'm going with this story because there's literally no arc to it. That's it. We were just talking Knicks. I don't know why I even brought that up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, welcome to the show. Let's get to it. Let's not waste any further time. Now, if I do look up, if you're watching the podcast, this only applies to you. If I do look up every here and there, it's because I've got a parlay on this Bucks nets game. And let me tell you, man, there is some talent on the floor in this game. Uh, like watching some of these highlight plays, watching some of these plays, they're all every time Durant makes a shot or Giannis on the Dakumpo or even Kyrie Irving, it's a highlight play. Durant's pulling up in the open court over defenders like it's nothing. You like like having a defender in front of him contesting his shot may as well be him shooting in an open gym. It doesn't matter to him. He's seven feet tall and he shoots like a guard. In your face, you can't even get in his face because he's so tall. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he needs, what, one and a half steps to get to the rim from the top of the friggin' key? Like, it's insane, and he'll just throw it down on you. Kyrie, the ability to stop and go so effectively? Dude's a freak. There is so much talent on the floor. Just amazes you, and then here, here I am, talking about the New York Knicks. Jesus Christ. So let's head to our first break. When we get back from break, we'll get this thing started. We'll talk about this Knicks-Hornets game, go over a few things, and that'll be that. Stay with us. We will be right back. Hey, guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So if you guys want to follow me 
on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. I guess we'll get into this part a little more when we get to my parlay of the night, when we get to RJ's parlay, but I am so close to hitting this, and I might not cash it because Kevin Durant is going to answer the fourth quarter unless he's got more with nine points. Last I checked, he had nine. There's two minutes left in the third right now, and I need 25. And if he does that, and if Antetokounmpo gets at least two more rebounds, which he may have already gotten, then I'm good. This is a 10-pick parlay, too. It was the uh, the TNT promo on Fandle, not sponsored by the way, but um yeah and I'm so we'll talk about it we'll talk about it when we get to um, RJ's parlay. But um welcome to the show if you are new here once again welcome back um I am RJ Carbone I'm your host RJ Carbone this is episode 350 of the podcast welcome to BD4. So the Knicks uh, they took on the Charlotte Hornets at the Garden last night. Back at MSG, looking for a fifth consecutive win, as I said. Did not happen. We end up losing to the Hornets, 125-114. We had it going early with the first unit. Uh, Fournier got off to a pretty decent start, which is usually a good sign for him. When he gets it going early, he'll have a good game. And he did. A few buckets in the first. Got hot in the second. Finishes with 30 points. Uh, RJ Barrett attacking the rim early. And the Hornets, I'm telling you, they were giving him open lanes. They were just giving him the lane, giving him easy pathways to the rim, and he took advantage of it early, and he constantly attacked throughout the game, especially the first half. Um, he finishes the night with 25 points, and he shoots at 9 for 17. 8 for 14 in the arc. Randall knocks down his first three shots. He was hot to start the game. The jumper looked good. He was in rhythm with the offense. Wasn't doing anything outrageous. And so the Knicks overall finished the first quarter up two points, 39, uh, 31, 29. Second quarter comes and, you know, we get our first legitimate struggle of the game. The bench unit kind of has some issues trying to figure it out. Other than maybe Obi with a couple of baskets, there's not much going for that second unit. First unit, eventually they check back in. Um, still not much outside of RJ Barrett. Continuing to attack the rim, he finished the half very strong, got to the line and the rim in the final few possessions there. And the Knicks were down 58-55 after the first two quarters. Coming out of the half in the third quarter, this is where I, you know, the second half, it starts in the third quarter, I had trouble with Thibodeau. Um... I hear he leaned a little too heavily on the on the starting unit, who struggled mightily defensively in this half. Uh, basically, the entire third quarter, the starters were left out there. You know, it wasn't until like three minutes or so when I think it was quickly and Jericho check into the game. So there were a good there was a good nine ten minutes where the starters were just left out there giving up points. 
But the Knicks go into the fourth because of that poor defense, down their largest deficit after a quarter, 91-83. And in the fourth, this is where I also had some issues with Tibbs. Um, First and foremost, the defense was definitely terrible. Okay, the Knicks allowed 34 points. That's on the players. Some, um, they closed the game by playing terrible defense, horrible, horrible defense to close out the night. The Hornets overall, as we said, scored 125 points on the Knicks, and they do it on 54% shooting, 88% shooting from the free throw line. They have 39 assists on their 49 makes, which is an incredible rate, and they only had 12 turnovers. So just a very uh, high-octane performance from, from their offense. So the D was bad. But I also don't understand Thibodeau's... I didn't understand his his decision-making. Why did he have to pull quickly? Quickly was literally his niche. He was the spark plug. And he's hot. He goes on a run. And he pulls the Knicks within a few in the first half of the period. He starts off the fourth quarter with a three-point make. Then he gets a few takes to the rim, and he finishes. He's got a floater in there. He's got an and-one take with the right hand. He's assisting again, hitting up Alec Burks. He sinks another floater after that, another and-one. This brings the Knicks within three points, 104-101, after he knocks down the free throw. And then maybe 30, maybe 40 seconds later, after quickly misfires on one three-point make, one one three-point shot, that's when he's checked out of the game. And Evan Fournier comes in. So quickly scores 13 points in a span of 5-6 minutes. And then the, the second he misses a 3-pointer, he's pulled for the game for Evan Fournier. So he closes the game basically with the entire starting unit. And by the time quickly checks back in, the Knicks are down double figures with 3 minutes and change remaining. So that was my first issue with Tibbs. It continues to be the rotation management. And it's been our problem all season long. And see, this is why you actually have to watch the games other than critique Nick fans for critiquing Thibodeau. We know he's a decent coach. But that's not to say he's had a great year. Because he's not had a great coaching season. He's had a lot of problems this year. In a lot of these games, it's the same thing. It's his rotation mismanagement, should I say. It's like, why did Knicks fans get criticized so much? Like, fans all around the NBA, Knicks fans themselves, we always critique the Knicks. They're a joke of a franchise, right? But all of a sudden, when a Knicks fan wants to criticize the franchise, they don't know what they're talking about, and the Knicks are suddenly a perfect franchise? Like, maybe the diehards who sit here 48 minutes a night, maybe we know what we're talking about. And this is directed at Thibodeau, too. Us content creators, podcasters, video bloggers, or whatever, vloggers... You know, articles, uh, 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 journalists. We know. Like, we watch the games, too. We watch film, too. That's right. I heard the comments the other night by you, Tom. It's crazy. We analyze a ton. We know what we're talking about. The Knicks fans are the largest, most dedicated fans in the world. We know a little bit. Some of us can be a little, you know, irrational at times. Hell, I can be. But... 
the, the moment we criticize a head coach, it's, oh, you Knicks fans always do that. That's why I say, remember I said a couple of episodes ago, I've got my questions. Before I even initiate a conversation with anybody who's not a Knicks fan and we, t- we want to talk about the Knicks, I ask them the three questions. How many games have you watched this season? Can you name the entire starting lineup and at least two bench players? Are you telling the truth? Those are my three questions. It's like the Walking Dead questions. What Rick Rhymes got, that's where I got it from. <laughs> but I mean, look at the box score. Alec Burks plays 41 minutes in the entire fourth quarter. He also shot 4 for 15. 4 for 13 from 3. Obi Toppin plays 12 minutes after going on a stretch of five games where he's scoring in double figures in every one of them, averaging 14 points in 25 minutes. Does it really, does it really need to take a disastrous nightmare game from Randall in order for Obi to receive more than 12 minutes? Should that really have to be what it comes down to? He was effective when he was in there. But he wasn't in there often. And this whole 48 minutes mantra from Tibbs, rim protection, right? It's just, it's a little too old school for me. And I like old school. You guys know I like old school. But this is a little bit too old school for me. He's way too reluctant to go small. And even try going 4-5 with Randall or with Obi Randall. When it's been working in those small sample sizes. Obi has been putting the ball on the floor more lately. That's new. Attacking the rim. He's exploiting mismatches and post-ups more. That's new. And there would have been a mismatch tonight if you would have done that. He's shooting threes now. That's new. And he's obviously always going to run the floor in the fast break. Which I thought would have benefited tonight. Not just because Charlotte is a poor defensive team. But it would have gotten Randall. Forced him to run a little more. We even went to Randall a little too heavily in that third quarter. Excuse me, and away from RJ after RJ drops 18 in the first half. I guess they were trying to make a legit effort, Tibbs was, to get Randall going, his guy, after that whole fiasco in the Chicago game. After the Chicago game when he throws the ball, heads to the locker room. I don't know. He's trying to help him out of it, I guess. But then, then stagger Randall and RJ Barrett. Then stagger those two. Because they play well away from each other anyway. But Tibbs even went he even went away from the staggering last night. He played them together. Like I said, the entire third, the starters were on the floor together. Now, Randall did finish with a better game last night. But he wasn't too effective for about two quarters and change. He starts out hot in the first. He makes his first three. Then he disappears for the majority of the first quarter. Doesn't do anything in the second quarter. Has a good third quarter, and he goes back down, quiets off in the fourth quarter. And that's not a nitpick when he's your moneymaker, when he's your franchise guy. That's not a nitpick. That's something you expect. You expect him to be great if he's making, taking $120 million from your favorite franchise. You best hope he, he is great. But back to tips again. Just the, the the rotation management. Even Jericho Sims, just 11 minutes. I thought he could have deserved a little more. Deuce McBride, just 9 minutes. Talk about him in one second. 
Emmanuel quickly, 23 minutes. Sure, that's decent, right? But this is why I always say, don't just look at the stat sheet, watch the games. Because if you look at, like we said, when he was taken out of the game, during the most crucial part of the game, from the five minutes and change mark down to the three minutes something mark, that's a problem, and that's on tips. He lost the game right there by taking out his hottest player in the most crucial part of the game. Who does that? You're not going by feel there. You're going by your fixed, you know, already automatic rotation. You don't want quickly to play the fourth quarter for 12 consecutive minutes? Well, then manage his minutes a little differently and adjust prior to. But honestly, I wouldn't have hated that. The kid is 22 years old. I mean, you played Alec Burks all 12 minutes of the third quarter, of the fourth quarter, and he's 30 years old. And he played most of the third. So there's there's so much hypocritical decision-making by Tibbs, especially with some of the things he says in his pressers. But you know, for, for what do you need to see Burks get 40 minutes for anyway, so consistently? Tell me. Especially now, at this point, with six games remaining, what are you learning from that? Where are you going with that? What does that do for the Knicks, playing some veteran who won't be here much longer, who's already reached his ceiling 35 to 40 plus minutes so often, and, you know, so often down the stretch? What does that do for the organization? How does that progress them in a season where they're already out of the playoffs? He really shouldn't even be starting games either at this point. That spot should be Quickly's. I mean, with the way Quickly has played point guard this last month or two, he has shown that he's deserved to at least, at the very least, see some starts here in the final few games. Who cares if that bench you know, loses the spark? You're out. It's six games. Stagger if need be, okay? But looking at, at Quickly's last 16 games... He's averaging 4.0 assists versus 1.0 turnovers. That's very efficient for a guy people think can't play point guard. He's averaging 15 points a night in his last 19 games. Five rebounds. He's directing traffic. He's making decisions on the fly. He's reading the defense very well. Displaying a ton of patience in the pick and roll. I just think the focus is, is way too much on some of these pointless players. And the way, again, the way he justifies it. Like, these aren't star players. Alec Burks is a, is a you know, a mediocre journeyman. He's an okay player. Same with some of these other guys. They're okay. We lost the game in the final minutes, and a big part of that was because of Thibodeau. I'm not done critiquing Thibodeau yet. I want to get to a little bit more um, of why I had a problem with his coaching this game when we get back from break. Stay with us. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well wherever you get your podcast, but we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. 
But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 350 of the podcast. 350 episodes in. Wow. I think we're coming up on three years, is it? In June? Wow. All right. Um, so I had, like like we mentioned, I had a problem with Thibodeau's rotation management, as always, last night. I also did not like the way we game plan defensively. I thought the way we, we schemed LaMelo Ball in particular, who had either 20 or 21 points last night, you know, putting Fournier on Melo for a chunk of this game, mostly in the first half, was bad. I mean, he was getting torched on those ball screens, mostly by P.J. Washington. After the screens, he was just at Melo's hips every time, so... I counted at least three times that happened, too, in the first half where he was screened off and ball attacked and scored. There were even some indirect defensive breakdowns at the fault of Fournier in the pick and roll at the top of a set where it led to a bucket on somebody else, but it was because of Fournier. And, you know, with the way we schemed the pick and roll, most of the season we've been playing the drop defense with Mitch, it's a lot easier we talked about this a few times for, for like the more versatile guards with capable jump shots and capable playmaking. Once they get past that first line of defense, in this case, Fournier to really take advantage of that extra space given because Mitch is in a drop. And I thought that was a big issue. We were exposed last night with our scheming. We didn't really adjust. Now Barrett is probably the best defender on the starting unit. And Bridges always goes off against us. So I think he need to, uh, we needed him on Bridges. Despite him continuing to torch RJ. As hypocritical as that sounds. He had 31 points. He was 11 for 15. And he went 4 for 4 from 3 again. He always does this to us. Um, torch Randall last time they played us. So we tried putting RJ on him this time. Didn't really work. But maybe put Alec Burks on, on the mellow ball. Maybe task him with that assignment. Even with Deuce McBride, like I said, he only played nine minutes. Now, he struggled on a few possessions himself, trying to defend Ball's drives. But I thought giving him, you know, seven, six, seven more minutes onto LaMelo out there could have helped. Really could have. That's a problem with Fournier, man. Even when he has, he had 30 points last night, but it didn't feel like it because he was getting torched. 
So his defense can sometimes be so bad to where it mitigates a lot of his offense, unfortunately. And so the Knicks lose. They drop their, their first after losing four in a row. And I think they're one loss away or one Atlanta win away, I read somewhere, from being officially eliminated. But we all know, again, they are not going. I mean, I've been telling you guys for the last half of the season, <laughs> we should try shifting more towards you know youth-favored lineups because this team has got no shot to make it. But hey. So I'm just I'm just counting down the days at this point, man. I am. I'm ready for the offseason. The offseason is hopefully a busy one. We've got some shit to figure out. Because again, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. After the offseason, entering next season, we cannot have both Randall and Thibodeau on the same team. And it seems like Tibbs is sticking around per the report a few weeks ago. That seems like that's happening. He's got three guaranteed years and a five-year contract. So he's probably sticking around for year two. Or three, sorry. So I, I, I would prefer not having them both on this next team. Unless Randall magically you know, rebuilds his image, kills his fat diva ego, and comes to a realization that he is not and never will be the guy, but instead he's just a guy. And by the way, you know, maybe coming to camp in a, in a little better shape. If he can do those things, then yeah, maybe it will work out. Or maybe unless Tibbs magically starts, you know, shifting his ways and prioritize prioritizes RJ Barrett and the youth, right? Stop running through Randall, having him take it up court, or stop constantly running Randall and Fournier out there thirty five plus minutes when their defense consistently makes negative impact. Or, if they're both going to be here next year, the front office needs to get rid of all these veterans so he's practically forced to play some of these prospects and draft picks on the roster. Cam better be getting in the upper 20 minutes next year pregame. Uh, Grimes should be getting the same thing and he should be in the starting lineup. McBride should be featured a little more in the offense and not just out there running cardio. Um, They really have to get Thibodeau the right personnel and we're going to talk about this in, in later episodes in the offseason, to where he's forced to focus on the younger players. Again, if you're asking me, I prefer a younger coach, one more willing to adapt and run a modern, streamlined offensive playbook, and one willing to adjust to the rotations. That's, as you know, I've been constantly advocating for JB. Johnny Bryant. Younger coach, could connect with the younger guys a little more maybe. Has experience in a fast-paced offense. And if you remember, before last season, pre-tips or when they were hiring Thibodeau, this was my biggest worry. I I think I wrote an article in my blog that no longer is active. It was like one of my older blogs. Um about how I'm worried about Thibodeau focusing so much on winning that I don't want it to stunt the development of the the guys we've been drafting all these years. Right? And that's kind of happening this year. He's so focused on winning the second half of the season still, even when it's become unrealistic and pointless to chase wins, that, you know, the vets are playing over kids and, and it just makes these games that much more meaningless. 
all this time could have been spent getting some kind of answers from your younger kids, right? Developing some, finding out if you have some talent, finding out if you have a dud, finding out if you have an enticing trade chip. You know, maybe you got a blue chip prospect in, in McBride. Who knows? You don't know. So play to find out. Also, it's funny because I was I was um, watching the clip of Randall's press conference last night, and he was talking about the latest rumors of him wanting out. <laughs> First off, he denied it, which he's supposed to do. Duh, that's press. But then he proceeds to say, which which you know made me laugh a little bit, that he's built for this. <laughs> he said, "I'm built for this." And, 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 hey, I guess you got to have a short memory in this game, right? So I can't blame him. But, um, yeah, all in all, uh, I am ready for the season to end. And, and to be straight, I, I know I've, I've done a lot of complaining this year, a lot of critiquing. But the Knicks aren't in dire straits as a franchise, don't get me wrong. They're not in a wonderful spot, but they're not in the opposite spot either. I read an article earlier today. I think it was uh, Posting and Toasting. And... um the author of it put it so perfectly. We aren't in heaven. We aren't in hell, but we're in purgatory. Right? We're able to, we're finally able to go somewhere. We just don't know where yet. So I think that was perfectly put. Because think about it. RJ Barrett looks like he's an emerging, budding all star. Emmanuel quickly is showing progression, um, especially as a point guard. So you never know there. And, and you know, important things. The important things with those two players, you're noticing they aren't really deferring to veterans and guys like Randall either this year. They're being more aggressive and saying, no, let me do this. So that's a positive. Obi finally looks like a guy who can at least be a productive NBA player. Maybe start someday. Grimes, from what we've seen, he looks like a keeper. You know, obviously we have to settle this whole Mitchell Robinson thing. But I do like Sims. Sims has been a nice story in the background. Some decent insurance. I really like Cam Reddish. I love Cam Reddish. All those guys. And I think Obi's the oldest one out of all the guys we mentioned. And he's 24 years old. So, you know, we've got some young talent. Some more raw than others. And some of the guys on the contracts that we gave out, they're flexible contracts. Although I do think it'll be difficult to unload Nerland's Noel's contract. Burks, I can definitely see a contender being interested. Derek Rose's contract, I know it's not ideal, but it's you know, he's still a very invaluable piece to have come off the bench for you. I think somebody will take Derek Rose. His resume, well-liked player, good veteran leader. Same with Taj. Someone will take him based off veteran leadership alone. So I do think we're in a decent position to where we can we can still at least make progress as a franchise if we do the right things in the offseason. And that's what it's going to come down to. So with that said, let's get to our final break. Before we do, we'll get to the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. Then we'll get to break, wrap it up with RJ's parlay. All right, so for episode 350 
of BD4. Our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. Two Knicks hold the franchise record for rebounds in a game with 33. Name them both. Two Knicks hold the franchise record for rebounds in a game with 33. Name them both. All right, so let me know the answer wherever you can reach me at. If you attempt to guess the answer but don't get it correct, I will at least let you know what the answer is in the next episode. If you attempt to guess the answer and you do get it correct, I'll give you a social media handle. Maybe you got a podcast you, you host or a blog or something. Whatever you want me to shout out, I will shout out in the next episode in front of all two followers. <laughs> I don't have much, guys. All right, that's it. Let's get to break. And then we'll wrap it up with RJ's Parlay. Stay with us. We will be right back. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know, I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6 a 2 841-ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on UltimateSportsNetworks.com using promo code 6A2841-ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. All right. Let's get to RJ's parlay. Let's get it. 
Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night, because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Now, tonight's big parlay. We are in the midst of this game, but it's about to be over, and I'm about to lose because I hit every single pick but one, most likely. Here we have a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 pick parlay here, plus 441 odds, and I hit the Giannis 29.5 over alternate points. I hit the Irving 14.5 alternate points over. I hit the Middleton over 9.5 alternate points. I hit the Seth Curry over 1.5 alternate threes made. I hit the Giannis over 9.5 alternate rebounds. I hit the Durant over 4.5 alternate rebounds. The Middleton over 2.5 alternate rebounds. And I hit the Antetokounmpo, Giannis Antetokounmpo over 3.5 alternate assists. The only one I did not hit on, most likely because there's 3... Three minutes and 43 seconds left was the Durant over 24 and a half alternate points. And last I checked, which was a minute ago during the break we just had, he has 13 points with three minutes and change remaining. So, that would have been a good one too. 441 positive odds. But um, KD of all, I mean, the guy who drops 30 with ease every night. Couldn't get you twenty. Couldn't even get you past thirteen points. That's unfortunate. So that's it. We lose that one. The Knicks lose the game. The Knicks lose all season. And I guess we'll talk about it in the next one. We'll get to the. Uh... No, that's it. Yeah, no, I have nothing else to get to. Um, that's it, guys. I appreciate you all for tuning in. Again, I am your host RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode three hundred forty of the podcast. BD4. Welcome to the show if you are new here. Um, and subscribe. Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and review. We are currently a five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. You can listen to us on Spotify as well as watch us on Spotify. You can watch us on YouTube and you can listen to us on many other listening platforms. You can follow me on Facebook and on Instagram. Facebook, RJ Carbone. Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. Subscribe to the blog that I write on ultimatesportsnetworks.com. Search the Bomberbacher blog and subscribe to the Bomberbacher blog using code 6A24, no, 6A2841ERJC. And that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. That's all I have. I'm going to go watch the rest of this game. And I think there's another one on after that. And then I'll put this podcast up. It should be out April 1st, the very latest. If I can get it up late tonight, March 31st on a Thursday, I'll do that. All right, guys. I'll see you in the next one. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.